All right, let's go. Okay. Hello, friends. It's Thursday, July 28th, and it's Chapo coming at you. With myself, Will Meneker, joining me as always, Matt Christman, Felix Peterman. You know the gang. You know the time. You know the place. It's Chapo Trap House. Gentlemen, to kick off today's show, I think we need to talk about presidential faces. And I'm speaking, of course, about have you seen the latest? Have you seen the latest Trump face? Have you seen the new Trump mask that they've rolled out? This is Trump appearing at the live, the, the, the Saudi golf tour that we talked about with a PFT commenter. Um, Trump is back and his face looks better than ever. Yeah, he looks like he took a chromosome shower. <laughs> he looks like he grabbed about like 20 more chromosomes on his way to the tournament. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, Trump, I would describe it as his neck, mouth, nostrils, and eyes all look like pussies. And, I, and I'm trying to fuck it. I'm trying to get up. I'm trying to get up in Trump's face. Don't forget the some, neck, of course. I'm the, trying to get the, that the, neck waddle. That's the that's the finest of the pussies on his face. <laughs> Is that fuck? I gotta get up in there. But you know, I mean, like, I, I think it's good to start with Trump because, like, you know, he's 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 come he's sort of come out. He's you know, I don't know whether you saw his shadow or not, but he's sort of come out of a uh, come out of semi retirement. He's he's been coming up with some fire lately. Um, you know, like the facing criticism about uh, playing golf on the uh, Saudi golf tour. I mean, you know, like uh, members of the 9-11 community are angry about the uh, the Saudi golf tour. I mean, I think they're actually doing an event at the 9-11 Memorial, which is fucking hilarious. But uh, today he said, uh, what was it? He said, like, he's like, he's like, sadly, um, no one's ever really looked into 9-11. We still don't really know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like, you, look, you can interpret that as um trump getting his third eye opened and you know learning learning about the thermite charges you know learning about building seven learning about black eagle trust but i think it's just because he's playing golf for the saudis he's just like we we don't know we don't don't know we don't know who did 9-11 could be anybody i just love into it it's like you know they should really have looked into it again you were president (laughs) for four years (laughs) the president is able to at whim declassify any document they want. Meanwhile, he's just like, somebody should really look into that at some point. Meanwhile, watch this drive. <laughs> Obama. I think the, the, the more like pertinent thing is like, so he looks incredibly fucked up at the <laughs> Saudi, <laughs> Saudi live strong nine 11 mystery Memorial golf tournament. Um, he looks like they forgot to give him a shot that he gets every day. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's like he's he gets a shot of like adrenaline and like a speedball every day and they didn't give it to him. Like he's discolored. His it looks like his teeth aren't in. And the Murdoch papers printed some pretty fucked up looking pictures of him, which tells me that they're um, on the death Santis train. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was the for the Daily Mail. Murdoch owned properties are showing Trump's face face nussy. His face. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're showing all kinds of nussy on Trump, and he's looking—he's looking wetter than he's ever looked before. He's looking deader than he's ever looked before. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Just look up—I don't know. Like, look up any photo of Ron DeSantis that the New York Post or the Daily Mail has published in the last month or so, and I bet he's looking—he's looking real nice. He's looking real, real polished, real handsome, real square jawed. But um, I don't uh, know what other- you would have to do to DeSantis to make him look that bad. <laughs> You would, he would have to like sleep in a nuclear reactor. You can tell though that 
DeSantis is going to age just gloriously. He already oh kind of looks like a shrinky dink. Like his face is sort of, he's like a Sharpay someone asked a question of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only going to get more like, you know, richly marbled and. He's and, a Wagyu oh, DeSantis. Yeah. Just like a, like a building seven collapsing in slow motion for the next 30 <laughs> years. Well, no one knows who did that. We, we, we should look into it at some point. Someone, someone should really, someone should really look into it. And by the That's way, parenthetically, this is this more than anything is why you should say "fuck you, Alex Jones" at any at any opportunity. Motherfucker made his bones on nine eleven truth, then helps get Trump president, and then just kind of forgets about it. Starts talking about Nellie Orr and and Bruce Gelding and whoever the fuck else, and yeah, starts that- getting into that bullshit. All of a sudden, your buddy is in the White House. Maybe you could like look into who blew up two goddamn buildings and started a world war. Nah, forget that shit. That's one of the saddest things about Trump is how he deflated the energy of so many cranks, mm-hmm. like so many organic cranks like Alex Jones. You know, whether you agree with him or not on Sandy Hook, which, you know, there's a range of opinions. Um <laughs> You can, you can, you can, we can all agree he's an incredible broadcaster. Yet that broadcasting talent was wasted yeah. for four years of Trump talking about, yes, Nellie Orr and Fusion GPS. He used to be like the best broadcaster in America. All these, all these organic cranks, all their energy turned to like defending Trump in the Lev Parnas trial. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the uh, the Alex Jones documentary, but I'm enjoying a lot of the uh, the sort of uh, the press rollout for it because they're all like, you know, we're seeing a new Alex. You know, I mean, like, you know, Alex, like, and was it was it Glenn Greenwald was like, it was like, you know, Alex, you know, like we've seen you admit to wrongs, you know, and like it's just sort of like how did how did you like you know how did you start this journey? And it's just sort of like, is this a new chastened? You know, it's like, is he come to realize that things he says are wrong? And it's just like, well, he's facing civil action that will financially ruin him. So, I mean, I think that's probably a motivation and whether he's apologizing to the Sandy Hook families or not. I mean, I'm I'm interested to watch any documentary about Alex Jones because do you re- have you guys ever seen the um, uh, Bohemian Grove videos? Oh, it's great. It's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Give me it's John awesome. Ronson. Yeah. Yeah, I just he's like a very interesting person to me. And I do honestly think he's like one of the greatest American broadcasters. I do. Look, if you're going to defend Alex Jones, little tip for you. People are fucking up as a lifelong contrarian. Um, If you want to defend Alex Jones and Sandy Hook, here is your line. Your line isn't like he feels bad. Your line is the Israel lobby does this every day. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, if you want like an effective no, it's, it's, line, it's, it's you know, right there, it's right there for you. Just take it out of the yeah, box. Yeah. But, um, you know, I will, I will probably watch any documentary about him. I do think he's a fascinating person, but, um, yeah, he's, his talent sadly wasted in the last few years. And I guess like the, the other Trump thing I wanted to mention is his comments about um, turning LeBron James into a woman and coaching him to a perfect record in the WNBA. And I'll tell you what, if I were ever, uh, I'd be the greatest woman's basketball coach in history. Because I don't like LeBron James. I like Michael Jordan much better. But, but, I'd, but I'd go up to LeBron James, it doesn't matter. I'd say, LeBron, did you ever have any desire to be a woman? Because what I'd love you to do is star on my team that I'm building up. I will have the greatest team in history. They'll never lose. 
Nobody will come within 70 points of this team. <laughs> he uses the delightful turn of phrase, go woman. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to force Femme LeBron James. Just like, I'm going to force Femme him. I'm gonna give him all. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him the best hormones. We're gonna give him the best estrogen, and he's gonna score a hundred points in every game. I'm gonna be the best WNBA coach ever after we bimbify LeBron James. <laughs> he's gonna be a beautiful woman too, folks. Don't worry about that. Runway <laughs> <Yeah>. model attractive. <laughs> he loves this riff. He loves the riff about like um, doing hypno on LeBron and <laughs> taking over the NBA, the WNBA. <laughs> he was like, he's done he this like, like three times now. He was like, I, I, you know, I would reach out to LeBron James. I'm not a big fan of LeBron James. I'm a big fan. I like Michael Jordan better. Michael Jordan better, but he doesn't want a pussy. He doesn't want a pussy. I'm not gonna give him a pussy. He doesn't want it. I, you know, I, I showed, I showed, I showed Kevin Durant. I made him watch seven hours straight of the sissy bimbo hypnotism. He still wants to be a man. He says he doesn't want to play for the Nets, but he wants to have a penis. So it's not gonna be on my team. Bye bye, Kevin. You could you could tell that Michael Jordan would be such an asshole if you asked him to turn into a woman for the WNBA team. He's like not a nice person. I, I think you could get Michael Jordan to turn into a woman if you made it into like a competition or he bet money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I, I bet you can't turn into a girl and take over the WNBA, Michael. I bet you a hundred thousand dollars actually. And he's like, oh and yeah. Took, and I took that personal. Yeah, <laughs> I took that personal. I have a pussy now. Um, yeah, but um, uh, Trump's back. He's looking wet. He's looking wet as hell. Uh, I'm trying to fuck his whole face. I'm trying to fuck every one of those holes in his face. Um, but uh, the, the other presidential face I want to talk about, I, I know we mentioned briefly, they're like, oh, Biden has COVID. I guess that's kind of funny. Not really. Folks, Biden d- did not have COVID. He did not have COVID. He was recovering from yet another facelift. Did you see him recently? Did you see? Did you see how fucking smooth his face looked at the recent at the recent press conference? Where he said, "You can't be pro insurrection and pro cop." Okay, like, I no. think I think that was a deep fake. I literally <laughs> think that was a deep. Fake. Yeah, not just the face and the weird like <laughs> eyes that look like a fucking uh, TikTok filter, but they gave him that weird deep uh, reverberating robot voice that they give him sometimes. You can't be pro insurrection and pro American. Donald Trump lacked the courage to act. None of yeah, that yeah. sounded real. That all sounded like it was cooked up in a lab. Yeah, like the way he was moving was like, it was like Hall of Presidents, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I'm not kidding. Like, I think it's a deep fake. I don't think that they are, abs- they're absolutely not beyond them. Oh, no. Uh, what are we going to do? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just put them out there. We have the technology. No one, certainly no one in the press corps who might hear about it would ever say anything because- you don't want to help those uh, those Trump people out. I think yeah. line- got like a, a, a absolutely willing uh, co-conspirators in the press to go along with basically anything that they think is necessary. Go for it. Well, Biden. I mean, again, like I, I think you know, rather, I, I just like I don't know. Are they? Do they keep getting him facelifts because they think he's going to run in twenty twenty four? They're like, okay, we can't do anything about his brain, but we can definitely do something about his face. If we just staple a little bit more of it behind his ears. We can get him over the line. I think that is the the plan for now because they can't really they can't come together to create any alternative. They have to just follow their meal ticket wherever it goes. And right now, since he is saying he's running again, and uh, there's no organized opposition, then they just got to go with that. And that means, yeah, uh, refurbishing his chassis every uh, three thousand miles. I think I think the midterms are Brandon singing for his supper. Yeah. I think it like if. 
I mean, look, if they hold, if they like hold slash even add a seat to the Senate and like stem the losses in the House, then it's like, OK, you're getting you're getting Joe again in two years. Yeah. But if it's and like, I think, that, honestly, at this yeah. point, I mean, who knows? Don't let up. You have to assume like conditions that we can't predict. But assuming a relatively stable economic situation over the next three months, I think they actually might end up not getting their ass kicked that bad. And definitely, I think at this point, you got to look at it as like 2010, where even during the Tea Party wave, they still were unable to get back the Senate because part of the uh, deal with getting a a grassroots wave is that you end up nominating people who are too ahead of the curve for Senate, where you can't depend on gerrymandered districts. You got to appeal to a whole uh, uh, constituency, and then you end up losing otherwise winnable races, which I think is what's going to happen to them in the Senate. Well, so, they, yeah, we might get yeah, might get Joe. A chance for Joe to run for re-election, which, oh, my God, imagine. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 like, I mean, I don't even think, like, they don't even have anything, like, new. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, there's no new energy or new idea. No. There's no, they don't even have, like, a new, fun, crazy guy. Like, Herschel Walker, but he's going to be one of the guys who loses in the Senate. Um, yeah. I think, I, yeah, I just, I, I want to say I called it. Everyone's congratulating me uh, for the midterms that haven't happened yet that the Democrats aren't going to do like as shitty as everyone thought they would in like March. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I feel like, okay, it's hard to ignore three quarters of respondents saying they want someone besides Joe. (laughs) It's hard to ignore that. 75%, 75% of Democrats. That's yeah, but nuts. okay, so like, so, so the, yeah, they'll say that in a poll though, but like, give them some other options, and they'll be like, oh, no, no, not for me, no, That's can't, can't have that. Yeah, also, they're no, Democrats. Like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? As soon as they're given a real other option, like, okay, like, here's who we got, and then they're gonna be like, oh, no, this porridge is too warm, right? I mean, like, if you, I, I feel like maybe they'll elevate Kamala as like the only choice, like, no, 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 you don't get JB, you don't get Gavin, you get this weird lady, um. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like, I, it's also like these are Democrats. They do do what they're told. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I they, just think they, they're gonna only just, with this party and this constituency could you have that guy just waltz to a renomination. Which is unless somebody like plants a flag and actually has a plan to challenge him, is what's going to happen. I, yeah, I mean, okay, so Democrats Democrats are a particularly interesting. And it's, it's an interesting base because the main thing that the base cares about is electability. Yeah. They have so internalized the the games of the consultants and the ad buyers that run the party that they're like, oh, no, that's me, too. Yeah, they're, they're like the, the dogs watching Models, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> they they're the Models, Inc. <laughs> and uh, and I feel like most of the most of the people who want Joe out of there, most of the Democrats, they think he's unelectable. But I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they could be convinced otherwise for stupid reasons. Well, it's interesting. Like if you look at the Democratic breakdown, the demographic breakdown of Democrats who say they want somebody else, younger people say he sucks like com- comprehensively. But older people just say he's too old. And that is the one thing that might lead to something, somebody being able to effectively challenge him is that because he is so comically elderly, it gives Democrats who are otherwise totally committed to being on the team and not rocking the boat and certainly not questioning the direction of the organization, give them a permission to be like, okay, 
We love everything about the administration. It is going great. All the geniuses are doing the right thing. Uh, all every, you don't think that you're stupid. You don't realize that we're running against a freaking fascist, a damn Cheeto. But he's ninety. He's nine million. He's falling apart. His his ears just fell off, and then that gives them permission to maybe maybe give somebody else a hearing so that that option the the opening is there. But the the real question is whether. There is any institutional capacity within the Democratic Party to make anything of it. I think what they need to do with Biden is, you know, that you know, that filter that's like on Snapchat that people run movies through like heat and a few good men. Where they yeah. Have oh, yeah. With yeah, the, they, the giant eyeballs. Yeah, they, they're sort yeah. of like the big cartoon face. They just need to like put that filter on all of his TV appearances. So he just always looks kind of surprised like Hank Azaria <laughs> in the funny Google eye uh, Snapchat filter face. Or like I said, Plastic surgery after plastic surgery after plastic surgery. He should be looking like uh, Michael Cimino, basically. <laughs> he should be looking like that by now. And I just said, like, just get it, keep getting it stapled back. He's like Joe at the plastic surgeon off, and they're like they're upselling him every time. They're like, you know, you know, Joe, that true code will really keep the weather off your face. And then he's like, yeah, listen, Mac, you're a, you're a, you're a goddamn liar. <laughs> yeah. just, they take they take like the like pitiful back fat he still has off of his love handles and just like <laughs> inject it right into his dick <laughs> they've just upsold him on things he doesn't even need he has a big leaking like fat and silicone cock <laughs> while he's stumbling <laughs> around a press conference give him give him a bbl give him a butt injections give him a yeah. big old kid like kim kardashian ass bbl dick weights um, give him oh, like fillers. The, 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 like the 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 things where you like inject like silicone into your balls. Yes, so they get gigantic. Yes, oh, like the, uh, the, the sort of puffy nipples. Yes, what's, what's, that, uh, what's that oil that you're putting uh, synthol or whatever to get yeah, the giant yeah, synthol muscles? Give him yeah. those too, so you just like jack. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I don't know why not because it's like well, you're already like killing him. You're yeah, already like, in the yeah. uncanny valley. We're not escaping from the uncanny yeah. valley. We might as well play around in here like it's a fucking open world video game. Let's see how nutty we can get with it. The Joe yeah. Biden character select screen, like, you know, like the, the sort of like <laughs> upping all Just the. Just go monster factory on Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, um, well, actually, uh, it's just a little bit of Biden administration news uh, I wanted to briefly touch on. Uh, Biden administration plans for legal psychedelic therapies within two years. How about that? How about them? Apples? It's never it's never like now. It's always, <laughs> you know, within two years. It's a promise. Like, we'll make this world livable one way or the other eventually by by giving you the uh, necessary psychedelics to cope with your intractable position in two years. Uh, it just says here in, a, in, in the letter obtained by The Intercept, Assistant Secretary Delphin Rittman said that the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration or SAMHSA Oh, well, that's interesting. Like Gregor Samsa. Mm, interesting. Mm. Uh, responding to Dean on behalf of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra agrees that too many Americans are suffering from mental health and substance use issues, which have been exacerbated by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, and that we must explore the potential of psychedelic assisted therapies to address this crisis. Now, look, I think. You know, my position on this and the Chapo Trap House official position on the use of psychedelic drugs, I think should be pretty well established by now. However, I must express mild skepticism at the idea of FDA approved and then commercially marketed yeah. psychedelic drugs <laughs> yeah. being used as a tool to combat the mental health crisis. I'm just going to say I am a bit concerned about where this could lead. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they will, they will find a way to make these things like dangerous and horrifying and habit forming. There's no one I trust less with these things than like, yeah, Pfizer or anyone. Well, I mean, the thing is like, they're already pretty dangerous. (laughs) Like, you know, like, okay, like, yes, my position is a well-administered dose of psychedelics about once a year under very controlled conditions can be very psychologically healthy. But it is not something I would ever recommend to someone who is struggling with mental health issues or severe depression. Unless it's a surprise. I I, I really hate my job. (laughs) Unless unless you don't tell them. Don't worry about it, dude. Just uh, here, uh, have a a four pack of of DMT gummies that you can take to (laughs) to work with you. So you can have a psychotic break at Pep Boys. I don't don't even think it's going to be that. I feel like it's going to be like they're, they're going to put like a quarter of a microdose in a pill, you know, that's one, one way they're going to do it. Another way they're going to do it. That's like, Hey, you're, you're being, uh, you're getting uh psychedelic therapy. And then you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, I guess I am for, yeah. As long as that, uh, placebo effect lasts. Yeah. That's one way it could go. The other way it could go. The fun way is just like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And just give you like give people like the equivalent of like nine mushroom caps in one pill. Yeah, like the way edibles are in Amsterdam, where they're just yeah, like, yeah we, we don't we, we don't fucking know what's in this brownie here. Take it. <laughs> and yeah. you just you just tr- you go through the Stargate like an hour later. So yeah, they're like yeah 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 take these take Mexican LSD it'll be fine. Or like Felix, like you said, the really fun way just have the FDA start dosing people without them knowing it. Just put it in the water supply. Every town in America randomly, like a week by week, just gets selected for the LSD mind yeah. experiment. Yeah, add it in with the fluoride. <laughs> well, like, I think I think it should go in existing medications. Like, who? okay, who are the least chill people by medication? People who need to take high blood pressure medication. Who needs LSD the most? Them. The mm. elderly. Yeah, the elderly, uh, people suffering from high blood pressure. People with that type of skin cancer that you can treat with lotion who never stop talking about it. But like, yeah, like, I, I mean, I think, I mean, like, I I already get advertised like ketamine that's like sold on like, you know, your Instagram ads that are like sort of like, you know, the, the Blue Chew or Hims products where it's like, you know, hair loss, boners, and then now like, you know, tranquilizers. So, yeah. and again, like, what, what's this shit about like, okay. Obviously, I'm in favor of legalizing psychedelics. I don't think we should legalize psychedelics because they're a some sort of panacea to cure the mental health crisis. Yeah. I think if anything, it'll make it far, far worse. Well, yeah, because- I mean, anything, any solution that 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 we could actually apply to any problem is just another problem <laughs> that then can be have money be made for the solution to that one, which is then another problem that then gets another very expensive solution to it. And it just creates a a uh, a fucking tower of Babel of uh, reinforcing pathologies and crises that are just slowly and steadily crushing everyone under their weight. But like, OK, and, and maybe in two years time, they will look into um, legalizing <clears throat> psychedelics for like therapeutic purposes and just, you know, like, yeah, to turn over the Jolly West laboratory to Pfizer and Moderna and, you know, like all, all, our, all our good friends in the pharmaceutical industry. But like. How about just descheduling marijuana now? Like, how Legalize about that? it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, isn't that, isn't that like just a, a shorter step to go, like to, you know, do, do more good? I mean, if you're going to say mushrooms and LSD are, can, can help therapeutically with people's mental health, then certainly, certainly ganja from the earth. 
Certainly, that can that can have some ameliorative properties on how stressed out and fucking anxious people are. A little, little bit of weed here every now and again. You got to be able to throw people in jail for something. Uh, Felix, do you think that uh, we should? And I, I know your feelings on marijuana, Felix. Do you think that that yeah. should be uh, descheduled or not? Um, I feel like it should be a punishment for people with the most annoying mental illnesses. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I, you know, obviously, I think even like our current like California system for marijuana is like too annoying. I feel like you should just be able to buy it at CVS, like liquor. You know, I don't feel like you should have to go uh, go to a special store. You know. I I'm I'm for full legalization of everything, which is like that's what really all of this shit is. It's like concessions for life being shittier for like yeah. the middle class yeah. bargain of America not being the same thing that it used to be. Uh, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to like roll the curtains back and uh, change the parameters of acceptability, why not just make it so that you can like buy everything at the gas station? In my opinion, you know, you're you're wasting time on the way down by pretending. I mean, I guess I, like, <sighs> yeah, deschedule it all. Get rid of the DEA. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Obvious. Obvi OK, like yeah, if you talk about cutting, cutting government wasteful spending, obviously yeah. get rid of the DEA. I mean, well, actually, if we got rid of the DEA, it would probably be harder to buy drugs in America because <laughs> they exist to import drugs into them. The, the Drug Enforcement Administration exists to facilitate the flow of narcotics into America. To keep the price down to keep the supply high yeah and no. they've been doing they've, honestly they've been doing great they've been doing a great job with it and i hope yeah. they keep it up but i don't know i mean like i think just like descheduling drugs like i don't like i don't think they don't need to be legalized in the sense that like you were saying felix you could buy them all at cvs but like i think the harder drugs i think like it should be legal though and should be arrested for buying or selling them but i think like there should be a little bit of a hurdle to entry and that you have to know a guy you know? Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. to call a guy or go on the internet or something. So it's not just like, you know, as simple as swiping your debit card. I do a little, think, little bit I, of I, an I, informal I, economy that regulates this kind of thing. I do think, I mean, just for like aesthetic sake, I do think it would be like a little bit depressing if you didn't, there wasn't some like art and uh, process for buying heroin. If it was just like buying a garden hose, that would be like a little sad for heroin users. <laughs> um let me get uh <laughs> moving on from psychedelics and I, I know you guys clocked this story this is probably my favorite news story of the week it's a local story for me here in brooklyn you know where i'm going with this brooklyn clergyman is robbed while delivering sunday sermon a trio of armed individuals robbed lamar m whitehead and his wife of more than one million dollars police said this happened here in brooklyn on sunday armed men robbed a pastor at gunpoint while he was on the pulpit on Sunday and snatched off him a million dollars worth in jewelry, a million dollars worth. Oh, of jewelry. man. If you're, if, you're you're, a, if you're a pastor with a million dollars of ice on you, you must just go immediately to the extra VIP section of hell. Yeah. <laughs> just it's like a, the most bespoke tortures, the most elegant miseries. Possible. A, sh a showy pastor who was in the middle of delivering his sermon and his wife were robbed at gunpoint of more than $1 million worth of jewelry at a Brooklyn church on Sunday, the police said. The heist was caught on a live stream video of the service. Lamar, Lamar M. Whitehead, 44, a bishop of at Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries in the southeast Brooklyn neighborhood of Canarsie, spoke about the armed robbery in an Instagram post, calling it an example of how the devil moves. 
The devil don't care. He sent them, Mr. Whitehead said. He did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Mr. Whitehead, an ally of Mayor Eric Adams, who had appeared publicly with him on occasion, describes himself as having been adopted by Mr. Adams as a mentee. <laughs> I love it. I love it when like a 61 year old adopts a 52 year old. That's great. That, that's <laughs> the how most the beautiful the relationship Roman emperors did it that way. You adopt yeah. a grown man as your uh, heir. I just I like that um, Protestants and Catholics enough time has passed that they can both dress like Liberace now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, not 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 if not if the woke Pope Francis has any say in it. He's, he's still to, come on. He's still oh, like he likes to dress yeah, up. He loves. It. He's still he's, he's fancy a, yeah. lad. Yeah, he doesn't okay. have the he doesn't have those uh, Louis Vuitton sh- slippers that Benedict did. But he still knows how to get dripped out. Okay, yeah, well, he you guys still are, wears like a tiara. Yeah, <laughs> you guys. Okay, you two. I know you guys have left New York, but. Uh, you have not been attending the schismatic ministry of that I, I have been recently, and they're talking about Pope Antichrist. He 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 wore an indigenous headdress in Canada the other day. That's Satan. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the devil. He that's the devil. He sent those fucking gunmen to rob that dude because he wanted he wanted those jewels yes. to give to the victims of residential uh, schools in Canada, probably. Yeah, that's, that's, he, yeah. That's Pope we, Antichrist for you. Can we get a Pope at Avignon, please? This guy stinks. <laughs> This is a, it's a follow-up to the Brooklyn Pastor story. Um, it says, Brooklyn Pastor robbed during sermons, stole parishioners' savings, lawsuit said. No, no a court way. Paper is he, got, he got that billion dollars worth of ice by praying on it, I thought. Uh, the Brooklyn Pastor, who says he was robbed in the middle of giving his Sunday sermon, stole $90,000 in retirement savings from one of his own parishioners, a lawsuit filed last year in Brooklyn Supreme Court alleges. I mean, God damn it. If you can't if you can't trust a man of God with a million dollars worth of jewelry on him not to bilk the little life savings out of his elderly parishioners, then what can you trust? And this yeah. guy, honestly, hearing about that, it's like he's lucky that these guys just wanted uh, his jewels because you know we know for a fact now that there's a there's another option for people whose families have been ripped off by uh, religious groups, and it is uh, making your own homemade. Uh, firearm and going to town on him yeah yeah did, did you see that this guy like before he was a pastor he did five years for identity theft <laughs> no yeah this well, guy's you know, awesome this, this guy's amazing starting from the bottom now we're here i i don't know i get how did he like get parishioners is he just like very charismatic? Uh, presumably, yeah, I guess so. Well, the, I mean, the word of God, Felix. It's a message. Okay, that yeah. it sort of sells itself. I guess he doesn't always send a perfect man. When you preach the gospels, you know, if, if you preach it, they will come. And when <laughs> they, and when they do come, you get that, get that, get that, get those pensions, get that social security checks, get it all. You can get it all for your ministry. That's yeah. what the Lord wants. Yeah, this guy. This guy. Um, I mean. I don't think they even had to say this guy was like an ally and friend of Eric Adams. <laughs> I think everyone just like assumed that it's kind of like nasty to go out and say it. It's free life savings. <laughs> yeah. If you say if you say pastor formerly convicted of identity fraud, it's like, oh, Eric Adams is friend. <laughs> I mean, OK, yeah. Have a uh a reading series here for you guys today. And um, this this deals with OK, we were, we were talking a little bit about the uh the midterm elections and we're talking about, you know, obviously like is Joe Biden going to run in 2024? Ooh, what are we going to do about this awful two party system? What if I told you there was a new third party on the way? What? 
about uh, goddamn time. A third, wait, yeah. what, wait, what if there was Will, a third option? Will, I, I've thought about third parties before, but like the problem is that too often they're caught in the dogma of right or left. Oh, well, <laughs> have I got news for you, Felix? This is a third party that is neither right nor left. I mean, because like you're okay, like it's a sort of a, this. Our current political system is defined by a tug of war between two sides, the right and the left, and they're just trying to they're pulling that rope. But what if I told you there was a third party that moved forward instead oh of God. laterally, back Wait and forth in another direction? They're moving the ball down the field rather than side to side, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Yeah! Right, no, I'm no. giving up hope on that. No, That's but a possibility. like. Well, what about the special interests? Like, the uh, special interests wouldn't let them do that. Well, Felix, the only special interest for this third party is the American people. Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about this. This, is, uh, this, is a, this comes courtesy of the Washington Post opinion section. The headline is, most third parties have failed. Here's why ours won't. And this is by David Jolly, Christine Todd Whitman, and Andrew Yang. That's right. Mr. Math himself is back and he's coming to save America, not with math. Well, math will be math will play a big part yeah, in the third yeah, part. Presumably. Obviously. I mean math, I mean I say decide whether you're gonna, you know, whether you're for or against a policy. Is you just you do the math. It's right there. There's an objective measure of whether something is right or wrong, and it's called math. And uh, so like, you know, like obviously, yes. There are good reasons to be skeptical about third parties, but I have a you know th- this new one though I think it's it's gonna it's gonna disrupt the two party duopoly, and let's let, let's see what they have to say here. So, uh, the the op ed begins. Political extremism is ripping our nation apart, and the mm-hmm. two major parties have failed to remedy the crisis. Last week, we're more polarized than ever right now. So, what if we were tripolarized? What if there were three poles? That would break up the polarization and be like the we, we, country wouldn't be divided between left and right. It would be divided between left, right, and forward and progress. So it says here, last week, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack at the Capitol led us to relive one of the darkest days in U.S. history. The chilling culmination of an attempted electoral coup in the United States was the strongest evidence yet that we are facing the potential demise of our democracy. Oh, boy. Polarization oh, no. is... Polarization is fueling a spike in political intimidation. In the past two years, we've seen death threats and assassination plots against members of Congress, governors, Supreme Court justices, and even the vice president of the United States. But nobody who really put their back into it. I mean, the laziest attempts at this. I mean, compared to like the 60s and 70s, it's just absolutely no focus or energy on those goals. Well, it's, it's tearing our nation apart. And we're facing the potential demise of our democracy. Um, death threats are running rampant. It says, uh, if nothing is done, the United States will not reach its 300th birthday this century in recognizable form. Fuck, I had my present picked out and everything. Fuck. I was going to pretend to faint at the tricentennial for attention. <laughs> That's why we are coming together. Democrats, Republicans, and independents to build a new unifying political party for the majority of Americans who want to move past divisiveness and reject extremism. Finally. Americans have lost faith in government. Nearly 8 in 10 say the country is headed in the wrong direction, according to a recent survey. And two-thirds of voters think neither the Democrats nor the Republicans have the right priorities. Shockingly, 
30 million Americans believe violence against the current government is justified. Wait, 30 million people believe that? Um, can we fucking maybe get off our asses and yeah, do something seriously, about it? What the fuck, man? I mean, if that many people believe that that violence against our government is okay, could we um, maybe... Yeah, let's, in, let's, let's like, like, I'm just get saying, a, like, maybe get a DM some, going or something, for Christ's yeah. sake. I'm just saying, maybe we could have a video game that features a lot of violence committed against our government and the people inside it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's a lot of people. 30 million people. I mean, like that's, that's not nothing. That's a tri-state area amount of people who want to do parodies to the institutions that uh, govern us and the, the men and women who serve in government. In, in a video game. In a video game. Um, the same number want to forcibly return former President Donald Trump to the White House. This is what happens when democracies fail. People feel their voices are not heard and radicalized to take up arms, leading to mainstream talk about civil war. How do you remedy such a crisis? In a system torn apart by two increasingly divided extremes, you must reintroduce choice and competition. Mm. The United States badly needs a new political party, one that reflects the moderate common sense majority. God, it just, it, it's so easy. I mean, th yes, 30 million people in this country want to violently overthrow the U.S. government. But that means that there's at least 300, 300 million people who want common sense solutions to everyday problems and, are, and feel underserved. So, I mean, hello, that's, that's a majority of people in this country that are ready to vote for this party. As a result, today's outdated parties have failed by catering to the fringes. As a result, most Americans feel they aren't represented. Most third parties in, the U in U.S. history failed to take off, either because they were ideologically too narrow or the population was uninterested. But voters are calling for a new party now more than ever. For the first time in modern history, roughly half of Americans consider themselves independents, and two-thirds say a new party is needed and would vote for it. Surprisingly, a majority of Democrats and Republicans say they want another option, too. This is sort of like how most Americans say they're spiritual, yeah. but, still, but still believe in God of some kind. You know, it's just sort of like... Yeah, they're not, they haven't really thought any of this through. I bet if you did a poll, uh, most Americans are planning on learning a second language in the next year. Just because someone says something on the on the phone to the nice man doesn't really mean anything. 150 million Americans have downloaded Duolingo. Yeah, and are, 150, and are, they 150, will speak Chinese by the end of the year. 150 million Americans are like me are being made to feel sad by the owl who's like, you've given up on your Mandarin <laughs> lessons <laughs> because the part of your brain that can learn anything has been cemented over. As leaders and former elected officials, we're tired of just talking about a third way. So this month, we're merging our three national organizations, which represent the left, right, and center of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would like to see, I would like to see a little bit of math on um, how Christy Todd Whitman represents the right wing or center, or, or Andrew Yang represents the left wing of opinion in this country. I mean, I don't know. I just want to see a breakdown on how acts because it seems like these are three people from the center of politics in every. Well, I mean, Christy Todd Whitman did kill a bunch of people by lying about air quality at Ground Zero, so she's got some right wing bona fides there. Uh, to build a new to build the launch pad for a new political power, a new political party called Forward. The two major parties have hollowed out the sensible center of our political system, even though that's where most, most voters want to see them move. A new party must stake out the space in between. On every issue facing the nation, from the controversial to the mundane, we can find a reasonable approach most Americans agree on. Absolutely. On, mm -hmm. on guns, for instance, 
Most Americans don't agree with calls from the far left to confiscate all guns and repeal the Second Amendment, but they're also rightfully worried about the far right's insistence on eliminating gun laws. Okay, so I mean, I'd like to hear what their solution is here, but Let's hear just, it. okay, well, they just say on climate change, most Americans don't agree. Wait, with- right, but what about <laughs> the gun thing, though? <laughs> okay, I, uh, you know what they were going to say? You know why they can't say it? Because they're just going to say what the Democrats want to do. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, what, no. they're, 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 what the said. Yeah. Uh, a background. The party exists. It's the Democrats. Yeah, it's the Democrats. Yeah. It's the Democrats. Half the country thinks that they're the devil, and yes, it's like, oh, but they want the mid. They don't know anything. Yeah, and these is, parties are here to absorb all of that. This is There's, like the, the it, moderate policies are being followed by the Democratic Party, and because everything, because moderation is literally paving a road to hell, everyone's miserable. Yeah, their their ideal party is like the Democrats, where no one says, "Hi, I'm he him." That's it. That's really it. That's that's their entire idea. Well, okay. It's so like okay. Ne- next up, climate change. That's a big issue, right? <laughs> On climate change, most Americans don't agree with calls from the far left to completely upend our economy and way of life, but they also reject the far right's denial that there even is a problem. On abortion, okay. It's the one they can't say. <laughs> Like the, the far left opinions the, are the, not the represented are not, in the Democratic Party. The Democrats are not calling for us to, yes. to up, up uh, in yeah. our economy. Year zero. Make, yeah. Make all cars and electricity illegal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most like, Americans don't support the, the, uh, the far left idea to shoot anyone with glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't support the far left climate change plan to uh, um, incite riots against beef eaters. Like Modi did near the start of his career. <laughs> okay, on abortion, most Americans don't agree with the far left's extreme views on late-term abortions, but they are also alarmed by the far right's quest to make a woman's choice a criminal offense. Let me yeah, guess, they are, would like to make yeah. abortion uh, legal but limited nationwide. I like how, like, late-term abortion, it literally it, it literally just means, like, terminating an ectopic pregnancy. Most but, of the time, like, yeah. it, it just It's the thing you have to say to come up with, like, an unacceptable far left position yeah. on abortion. That's a policy. You have to pretend and also that, like, a thing the, that requires there to be some sort of legal limitation on abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And, like the, the third trimester abortion thing, like it, it, uh, it, it requires you to believe that like the left wing position is that like, yeah, everyone should get an abortion in the third trimester. They should just, you know, it's fine. Uh, yeah, just, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like, uh, I've got a birthday party coming up and in two weeks I'm due to deliver this baby. So could you please shoot me in the stomach with a gun? Yeah, no, it's like, it makes it sound like the democratic position is that like, they don't want to allow anyone to have abortions except in the third Until trimester. The third yeah. trimester. <laughs> yeah. We're not touching by, that by the way, fucking idiot. By the way, I am so fucking sick of hearing of the hearing from these sort of like i'm young i'm cool i'm left wing i'm also a catholic pro-life extremist they just they've all now when faced with the horrific reality of uh, a a woman being turned away from emergency rooms because they're like could you come back in a week when you're a little insides are just a little bit more septic because we're worried the lawyers may get us in trouble if we uh save your life now because you just risk it for another day or two um or you know like just like there's so many of these fucking like young cool catholics who are just coming out and just saying uh yeah all that stuff that's not that's not real that's not true and by the way yeah the, in missouri and texas yeah you'd have no problem uh terminating an ectopic pregnancy despite like news story after news story of like women 
getting up to the point of death precisely because of the laws that these people have uh, now achieved. Yeah, no, it's just all the women who are like trapped in miserable marriages with gay guys are like just making the most insufferable fucking posts ever. Like the who could have foreseen they got what they wanted and they're still unhappy. So now they're like yelling. They're yelling. They're, they're, they're the common argument that we're seeing, like the most disgusting fucking argument is that any woman who actually is being turned away uh, for an ectopic pregnancy, it's actually the left's fault because they've equated abortion with healthcare, And that's not an abortion. And we've never said that's an abortion. Yes, it is. I mean, of course it is. Right. And, like, and whether, whether you believe that or not, under the text of the law, it's an abortion. Well, even if it isn't, it is an ambiguous case. And ambiguous cases have a freezing effect on the cowardly rich pussies who make up the medical uh, profession. Right. Okay, it's yeah, certainly, enough, it's certainly enough of a uh, it's certainly enough of a fucking abortion to scare doctors, which is what's actually important here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, like and the, they say like, oh, with the text by the text of like this Missouri law that some woman nearly died because of actually, if they had followed the letter of the law, it'd be totally fine for her to like, you know, uh, not die in an emergency room. But they're like, no, Matt, you're exactly right. These laws are written in such a vague way so that no one wants to be the test case because you could potentially end up being prosecuted for a felony for it. That being said, we are really seeing right now, and I understand like, look, I don't relish the thought of going to jail, but if you're a doctor and you just like go along with this shit, like either quit your job or find out who you can lie to and like someone who can keep a secret because like, I do not understand. Like, I mean, well, I do what I do know perfectly well. Like most doctors are, unfeeling unhuman pricks so it's pretty easy for them to just look at a woman on the brink of death and being like "Ooh, can i can i talk to legal before i get back to you about this because you know anything that will fuck up their golf schedule uh they don't want to hear about and by the way the american healthcare system has already uh inured them to massive death and suffering because you know if you don't have insurance they don't really give a shit about you like they're not they're not i can't yeah my hands are tied yeah out of out of my hands i mean it just you know this the way this thing is written, everything will be fine if doctors don't primarily think about covering their own ass, which they never do. <laughs> That's the last thing a doctor thinks about on the job. So just a, a, a brief digression on abortion. But it says, yeah, in according to the Ford Party on abortion, most Americans don't agree with the far left's extreme views on late term abortion. Yeah, uh, uh, the far left's <laughs> extreme views of shooting toddlers in the head. On the far left's extreme position on retroactive abortions up until yeah. the age of 18. Yeah, yeah uh, the but far left's also, position that abortions feel good. Uh, but they're also alarmed by the far right's quest to make a woman's choice a criminal offense. I mean, once again, this is, I mean, like this, the, the, I, I chose this, this, this op-ed here piece because it like, it really does give the lie to the entire idea of centrism because like centrism mm -hmm. is supposed to be like, you know, uh, you know, like like on the scale, the center, the center is just supposed to be the thing holding the two dishes that balance back and forth. But like uh, having late trimester abortions be legal because they're medically necessary and making all abortions illegal and a criminal felony. Uh, those two those two don't balance out. Those are not mm -hmm. equally extreme positions. Yeah. And, and but guess what? Americans, by public opinion, don't regard that to be the case either. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've, they've given three examples of major controversial issues facing uh, the American voters and have not offered a single thing that they would do differently about them. Because they would have to admit that they just want to reskin the Democratic Party. To succeed, 
A new party must break down the barriers that stand between voters and more political choices. Accordingly, we will passionately advocate electoral changes such as ranked choice voting and open primaries for the uh, we also for the end of gerrymandering and for nationwide protection of voting rights and a push to make voting remarkably easy for anyone and incredibly secure for everyone. Okay, by their previous metric, that is a far left position. Yep. Ending gerrymandering and making voting easier is a position that if you had to balance it out, would be like, well, the far right is against anyone voting. So somewhere <laughs> in the middle, they should be like, well, we're going to end gerrymandering for some districts. Right. <laughs> or, you know, we're going to make it very easy for like some people to vote. And others were actually going to make it illegal for them to vote. Going on without systematic changes, Americans will be left with a closed system and fewer options on the ballot. These reforms go hand in hand with a new party. Some call third parties spoilers, but the system is already spoiled. There are more than 500,000 elected positions in the United States, but a recent study found that more than 70% of races on ballots in 2020 were unopposed or uncontested. A tiny sliver of U.S. congressional seats will have close races this November. The two, two major parties have shut out competition, and America is suffering as a result. That's why we're proposing the first open party. Americans of all stripes, <laughs> the first key party nationwide, we're taking all comers. Americans of all stripes, Democrats, Republicans, and independents are invited to be a part of the process without abandoning their existing political affiliations by joining us to discuss building an optimistic and inclusive home for the politically homeless majority. Our merged organizations are just the starting point. The launch pad for the, this movement we are planning liftoff at a national convention next summer and will soon seek state-by-state -state ballot access to run candidates in 2024 and beyond. We are actively recruiting former U.S. representatives, governors, entrepreneurs, top political operatives, and community leaders to make it happen. America's founders warned about the dangers of a two-party system. Today, we're living with the dire consequences. Giving Americans more choices is important, not just for restoring civility. Our lives, our livelihoods, and our way of life depend on it. Wow, that that is a visionary political it's party. Hot fire. That's bars. So basically, if you read between the lines here, the solutions they're offering are boilerplate Democratic Party political platform, but they're starting a new political party that anyone can join. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they. I mean, every like every five years, someone has this idea, right? Um, they've done it. The interval is every two years in the UK, but. Um, I feel like to actually make this idea interesting, I, I, I loathe to give these people a suggestion, but to make this idea interesting, I want to rewind to when they say we have thinkers from the left, right, and center. What if they actually meant that? Yeah. What if they had like, okay, like David Ayers from the left, from the center, obviously like, one of those guys who's been accused of sexual misconduct 75,000 times uh, and has written a book called The Politics of Me Versus You. That's from the center. Um, and then from the right, David Duke. And just okay. all, the, all those guys are like, we're sick of gridlock. Okay. Here, here, here's my, here, this, is, this will be my triumvirate to run the forward party. From the left, that anarchist chick that just got arrested for robbing a 7-Eleven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From the center, Alan Dershowitz. Yes. Because you know, he you know, he 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 stands for the constitution. Alan Dershowitz truly is a centrist. You know, yeah. he'll he'll represent Trump and he'll defend the Trump, he'll defend the constitution for Trump, but not necessarily defend Trump. He'll represent his good friend Jeffrey Epstein, who's, you know, 
a man of the Democratic Party. And he'll represent, you know, Klaus von Bülow, O.J. Simpson. I don't know if they're of the left or the right. But hey, you know what? O.J., get, let's get him in the party, too. Is Klaus von Bülow still alive? Get him, get him in the forward party. So, yeah. Um, anarchist chick who robbed the 7-Eleven. That's the left. The center, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, the right, um, the five, the, the, who's ever the head, current head of the 5% nation of um, uh, sort of like, yeah, like a schismatic uh, nation of Islam Muslims. Okay, yeah. No, I think we actually have something here. Because if you sort of, you know, combine the best of all of their ideas, you would have a political platform that would work for the damn people. Think about, think about the forward party salons, the intellectual debates between like, you could have the 5% guy and Alan Dershowitz debate on who the real Jews are. <laughs> yes. I would love that to be on the ballot, honestly. Yeah. Like, okay, we're settling this once and yes. for all. Who are the real Jews of Israel? So like, you know, we're, we're going to make voting easier than possible. We're ending gerrymandering. Uh, we're making it easier to vote, but only Jews can vote. But the only Jews who can vote are black Jews. Those are yes. the only people who can vote in America's political system. I mean, if you're, if you're on the left, obviously you'd have to. I mean, if you're on the left and you're standing against the full enfranchise, the full disenfranchisement of everyone in America who's not a black Israelite, I'd like to, I'd like to check your socialism card, please. I'm taking well, okay, okay, no, loop. That's it. That's it. Instead of having a leadership election every three years in the party, they have an election to decide who the real Jews are. <laughs> that's, and that's like, the only people yeah. who can vote. Yeah, whether it's black people, Ashkenazi, Jewish people, Scots-Irish, because Jim Webb will be in this party. Oh, my God. Jim Webb yeah. should run for president under this party's platform. Yeah, but everyone everyone gets a chance to like declare they're the real Jews. Yeah, uh, Filipinos. They're the new Jews this yeah. year. For Filipinos, the next election Mormons. cycle, Filipinos are, are, the, are the new Jews, and they're the only voters in the United States. So, like, yeah, it's just sort of like... It would be bad if he confined it permanently to one group and disenfranchised everyone else. Mm -hmm. But just like, just, just you know, be patient. Your turn on the carousel will be coming at some point under the forward party. If everyone gets an equal shot to be the real Jews, then no one's getting left out. Mm -hmm. This is actual progress. We are moving forward right now. Mm -hmm. And we're having a party. Well, you know, you don't deserve it, but we just saved your shitty idea. I mean... There, there are so many good ideas just being left on the table because of, because of polarization. Honestly, I'm so sick of how polarized this country is. I just think we need to take the best ideas of left and right. We're yeah. like, okay, um, okay, okay, here it is. Uh, a lot, a lot of people uh, want abortion to be legal, but you know, some people want it to be illegal. Okay, how about this? Abortion's legal, but only men can obtain them. Okay, okay. Or how uh, about abortion's legal? Monday, Friday, abortion's <laughs> illegal, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, and then Wednesday is a wild card. What about the weekends? Uh, uh, well, abortion clinics need to have a holiday. Yeah. It's just, it's just the weekend. No one's working. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what about guns? Because, I mean, look, we, we, we know what their actual centrist solution is. It's what the Democratic Party Common is. sense gun control. Common sense gun control. So... Fuck! What would be what would be a, what would be a novel solution? What would be a forward-thinking way to deal with guns? Well, how I mean, about, the old uh, Chris Rock one is just make the bullets very expensive. I mean, that's kind of happening. That seems like that's uh that's what's happening now, according to uh, gunheads I know. Okay, all right. How about this? Invest in a Manhattan project to create some sort of like laser system 
but don't call it a gun so it's not covered under the Second Amendment. That way everyone can have guns, but the state will have a monopoly on lasers. Okay. Um, how about how about like um like a gun blade from Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> so there's like some pride and mastery in it. Okay, okay, how about this? Uh, no more gun control. Everyone can buy a gun. But like the only restriction to gun control, you know, your only barrier entry is that you have to duel someone else for their yes. gun for their gun certificate. So you yeah. have to prove yourself in a duel to 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 get to receive the uh, right of gun ownership. But but that's all you need to do. It's just that that's it. So then it'll be like, how badly do you really want a gun? I'm super down for that. And I also think like, I mean, people have like batted around the. Uh, the background check idea, right? But like, maybe you should have to read a book about polarization before you buy a gun. Ooh, that, that's it's like a waiting period, but there's like a there's like a there's like a reading comp test at the end of it. Yeah, like you have to read a uh, Jonathan Haidt book, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't want to kill everyone in my workplace anymore. Okay, I want to kill Jonathan Haidt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that would honestly, like in reality, making people read those books would cause more <laughs> significantly more mass shootings. Oh, well, once again, all of the political problems of America solved by yours truly. Um, what do you think, guys? Should we wrap it up there for today? Sure. Yeah. All right. But before we go, very important plug. We will be in Portland, Oregon next week. Uh, both our shows at the Aladdin Theater at, and Pickathon are sold out. However, there is still a way you can check out our set of Pickathon. Our set is on Saturday, August 6th, and the entire festival will be broadcast over Frequency. You guys remember Frequency Fest? If you remember our streaming music podcast festival from last year, it's the same deal. For just $15, you can watch a pro shot live stream of just our set or for $30, you can watch every set at Pickathon, which on just our day alone includes acts like Built to Spill and Jizza, the genius of the Wu-Tang Clan. So, again, if you want to check out our sure-to-be-goofy set in a barn in the woods just outside Portland, look for the frequency link in today's episode description. And, of course, as always, there are tickets still available for our fall tour in October. In So if you're in... New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, or the Fort Lauderdale, Miami, South Florida area, please go to chopotraphouse.com slash live where your tickets are still available for purchase. Also, if you are in Brooklyn on August 11th and you would like to see Amber Frost and the, the young folks from Pod About List and special guests play a giant game of Jenga for, for domination and mastery with uh, all funds going to the Kentucky Health Justice Network, uh, a member of the National Network of Abortion Funds, uh, go to Littlefield. Doors at 7, show at 8. Why didn't they call this event uh, Jenga Unchained? They fucked it up. They didn't ask us to yeah. think of the name. That's why. That's a home run. All right. That does it for today's show. Till next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For worlds I'd not replace your sunny funny face